All right, welcome back to the Make Account Podcast, a small business accounting and personal finance podcast based on the idea that when you account for your money, you can make a whole lot of other things in life count too. I'm Tyler Warner, co-host with Marcus Meir, founder of Meir Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. That's right. Designed to lead you out of chaos in your accounting and into total control. This is episode number four, and we're talking about how to streamline your entire back office. And Marcus, I got to say, I don't know if there's another topic you're you're more passionate about. <laughs> yeah, another topic that I think more about at night. <laughs> That's right. Right. Um, yeah, we'll get into that in a sec. I want, I want to take a little step back and just kind of reset. So one of the one of the questions I've gotten, it's a really good question, and they say, you know, to our, I think, eight listeners, <laughs> is what is Tyler's role? What the heck so is I wanna, this guy doing I, Yeah, what, what the heck is this guy doing on the podcast? So I want to take a step back, introduce yeah. you. And, and yeah. let you talk a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So Tyler is um, obviously the host of the podcast. He's helped me a ton get Mirror Group off the ground, whether that be from building the brand and the website and uh, and just a guy with a lot of great ideas. But Yeah, well, I appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, I'm here because you invited me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, I'm excited to be um, basically just a, um, play the role of the everyman. Right. But you <laughs> the, use some of these tools, right? Yeah, exactly. So I've, uh, Marcus has seen me uh, in the, the lowest valleys of accounting. <laughs> I've seen you at your <laughs> at your accounting best the, and your accounting worst. That's right. And right. You've, you've pulled me out of the, the ditches. Um, and so, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I use these tools, I won't say on a daily basis, right. uh, but I uh, think that's why I'm here is I can kind of ask the questions that maybe the average small business owner would be kind of asking right. um, from the perspective of somebody who doesn't, you know, is an accounting professional. Right. And so, and, and the reason I wanted to have you as the host is because you do own a business, you use Zero and you use Gusto, but you're not an accountant. So I think it kind of comes full circle. And so for those thinking like, okay, why is Tyler on the podcast? That's, yeah. That's and, the reason. And, you know, funny enough with this episode talking about streamlining things, I think we kind of really developed a friendship over, you know, back in the day reading four-hour work week. And, <laughs> right. um, you know, just kind of have always loved business and automation and yep. streamlining things. And so, uh, so yeah, I think that that's probably why um, we just felt like there was some alignment, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you you let me, you you keep me from getting to accountant talk. Yeah. Less jargon. You can see my eyes start to, uh, <laughs> you know. Right. My, my wheels turning. <laughs> right, right. All right, so let's get into it. So what does a efficient back office look like? And as we were kind of talking, and I think what we'll do is you'll probably drill down on these. I'm, I know... You'll ask me some questions on these, but I wrote down three things, just kind of came off the top of my head. Right. So an efficient back office looks like data is centralized and it's in one place. So we're talking your accounting software. And that that could also mean you might have a connected app or two. Like most accounting software now, the cloud-based ones, um, they don't do everything. And there's a reason for that is because they allow you to connect to third-party applications that really specialize. So think of your... Um, like with your wife's business, you've got Shopify, mm-hmm. right? You wouldn't want Zero or QuickBooks Online being your e-commerce e-commerce platform. Right. You would connect Shopify because that's all Shopify does, and they do it well, and they allow for an API integration. Yeah. So first thing, good back office would be data in one place, a centralized hub, and the elimination of manual tasks. So given the Shopify example, you don't have somebody that's 
you know, handling e-commerce and then posting the sales in the file, because the data is connected and flowing through on an API integration, it's done for you. Right. So you don't have to have somebody that has to come back and post the deposits. I'm sure everybody's heard that term. I got to post the deposits. I got to do the data entry. A lot of that's eliminated. And so that's kind of the first thing was get it in a centralized hub and I start to eliminate repetitive tasks. Second thing what a stream uh, streamlined back office lo- would look like is that you have accurate financial data in real time. So an example of that would be a banker needs a P&L or a balance sheet because you got to get a loan, you want to bring in investors, or you just want to use it to manage your business best with your team, whether that be your sales team, your your kind of your executive team, whatever that looks like. You've got accurate data at the ready to make decisions. And the third thing would be would be taking that data You've got, you know, so you've got good data, you've got it in one place, you're eliminating the tax, and now you're taking that data and making predictions. What if analysis, predictive cash flow, what happens if we buy a building, hire a new employee, new line of business, so you're acting on the data. So that's kind of the third step. In, in streamlining the back office. Yeah, man, that sounds that sounds like total control. <laughs> <laughs> um, so starting with like the first point, right? Kind of eliminating these redundant tasks. Right. W- describe some of those things. Like what are, if you're kind of sitting here listening to this, what are some things that you know confidently, like cloud accounting, right. if you're doing this, ca- cloud accounting can save, save so much time. First one comes to mind is really simple ones, data entry. And so... All the cloud softwares are generally going to have a bank feed. And what that does is simply it pulls the data in. When I say pulls the data in, it means zero. I talk about zero a lot because that's the one we use. They connect to your banking credit cards, and the transactions are loaded into the file for you. So let's talk about quickly about one step eliminated. The step eliminated is posting those transactions, right? You don't have to post your debit card transactions, your credit cards. That's all done. And so then you begin to set rules and automate around a bank feed. So that's the first thing what what you could do in terms of eliminating tasks is simply the bank feed. I, I've heard for years, and I, anybody who's worked in an accounting firm or even been around bookkeeping knows the kind of drudgery around somebody with bank statements posting those transactions. It happens at a lot of firms still, but it, got, it can be completely eliminated and then automated where you want to move to a situation where you're checking what the software is doing versus inputting. That's really the holy grail of this is where the software is working for you and you're checking the output kind of with a predictive test. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really one way. A second way I would give you is if you are invoicing in a different manner than in your accounting software, again, repetitive. Lots of people. i got a new client coming in in about a week and a half. They say they're, they're doing sales tax in one document. They're doing invoicing on a spreadsheet. They do accounting in QuickBooks. They do payroll in another place. Like, if you're invoicing on a spreadsheet, you're having to, if you want a good set of books, post that information in your accounting software so that you have an accurate AR ledger. So lots of redundant tasks can be eliminated using cloud. Yeah, and it's interesting, like, you know, you can kind of geek out on this stuff, like, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the the invoicing, right? Well, I know, like, Shopify connecting does that automatically, and you'd kind of expect that, right? Shopify is a pretty big platform, but even even like proposal software. Oh yeah. I mean, you described the stuff you guys even yeah. use, right? It goes from the proposal. Once that's accepted, it automatically sends yeah. an invoice. That invoice is then reckoned or not reconciled, but tracked in zero. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, then once that invoice is paid, then it is appropriately reconciled. So, I mean, that's a ton of tasks just wiped out. 
Because well, let's talk about that. I mean, it, it's kind of on a, you know, that's, you're talking about our firm, but we're a professional services firm. We're no different than another professional services firm that sends proposals, that bills people, that collects. So let's talk about that. Like, to get to your example, just to get in the weeds a little bit, we use practice ignition for any of our flat rate and really a lot of our clients. We're pretty much moving everybody to that kind of engagement. So what does practice ignition do? And I know a lot of people in, in, in their business can relate to these things pre-populated templates. So when we, when we want to send somebody a quote or a proposal, it's got pre-populated templates and we can customize those, you know, so now we've got a clear understanding. Like as I'm talking, I'm thinking about all the things it's going to eliminate. We've got a clear understanding with the client of the task we're doing, what we're not doing, probably more importantly, what's not included that gets sent to them. They sign the engagement letter digitally and they agree to the price. So first off, clear, clear transparency, um, you don't have somebody back and forth through emails with someone, then that engagement is uh, tied to your accounting software in a sense that you're telling practice ignition what you're billing them per month. You tell practice ignition that you can't, you being the client, can't accept the proposal without your banking or credit card information put in. So now it's automating the collection cycle. We talked about that in the, the past episode about payments, about the time and manpower it takes to collect. Payments are being collected now. The invoice, because it's connected, again, through API integration, goes into Zero. Zero says, hey, we've got this invoice outstanding. And then when practice ignition collects, which is normally a couple days later, applies the payment to the, the invoice and settles it up. Yeah. We relied a lot on basically proposal software in um, web and marketing. I mean, you can get buried creating these proposals. So once you create the templates, right. another, you know, you can, you can generate those. And, um, another bonus too, is like, you can, you can see who's looked at the proposal, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, which is great. And then, right. um, and then once they've approved it, you can kind of create these domino effect of things that happen and it keeps and, things moving. So yeah. Quickly. We're using proposal as one example. But there's lots, I mean, we, there's a, yeah. hundreds of apps that name your thing that jump in that gap to automate tasks. Mm -hmm. And so really, we're using an example of practice ignition and our quoting, but name your process you're trying to solve. There's generally an app that will connect to your accounting software that handles a lot of those tasks and gets you out of certain tasks sure. or a lot of tasks. Yeah, so go, moving on to the, the second sort of step of this process in terms of real-time accurate data, um, what, are, what are the moves there? What can we be doing there? Yeah, so once you once you got the data in one place, you can really start to fine-tune it. Like I was talking about the bank feeds. Um, I was, you know, you and I got to talking about engagements and proposals. So you start to then fine-tune to get data flowing in and data flowing in in such a way that you're accounting for it without all of the legwork, without all of the you know, people pushing paper and entering transactions. So such that you can really start to rely on your financial information at a glance. You know, so you can say, look, we've got somebody in house that does this, or we've got, you know, better yet, a firm like ours doing it. We know it's right. We can hand this to a banker, a lender, um, a partner, uh, a sales manager, a VP. You know, just name your name your stakeholder that you want to bring into the fold. Um, but once you got once you have it you really can start to make some progress because a lot of the legwork of doing the accounting starts to get done for you, especially with AI and machine learning. These software start to learn your patterns. I mean, they start to predict 
you know, when you go to Office Depot, kind of, you know, presupposes that that's office supplies. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that's an easy one for a robot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get them curveballs. Yeah. Um, man. So one of the things I was thinking about when you were defining kind of what streamline could look like, and this is a simple one, but just the, the notifications are that these reports could be sent to you routinely without you having to go into it, you mm-hmm. know, is one where it just makes you feel like, okay, I've got a handle on my, that feels like emotionally right. streamlined, right. you know, if you're like, right. whoa, this data was presented to me, I may not look at, I may have not have gone in, logged in and, and gone and checked, you know, what right. my P&L was or whatever, but if you can kind of get those things sent to you routinely, that makes you feel like you've got it, right. got it streamlined too. Right. And that's, a, I just think, another advantage of you know, cloud yeah. and web-based software. Absolutely. Um, so the second thing, this is kind of like the next level, right? Once you've got accurate data, then you can start to predict cash flow, make decisions. Right. What, what does that look like in terms of streamlining? Yeah, I mean, I think one thing, in, you know, and so predicting cash flow and making decisions is great, but also um, I'll throw a third one in, managing problems. So when you've got your data and it's, and it's ongoing, accurate, and reliable, when something happens, it sticks out like a sore thumb. You know, so like when something pops up on your P&L and you know, okay, we normally, our, our ad spend is normally 3% of sales, and that's 18%, like light bulbs go off, right? So it also helps to start to, to manage on, uh, to manage problems before they become bigger problems. And then just to help you predict, okay, we're going into a season, maybe we're seasonal business. Okay. Sales are going to drop. What is that going to look like from our cash flow perspective in the sense that, okay, maybe we know because we got really good data and we can predict we could pay down 20 grand on our line of credit and save that interest or a hundred grand or but we need to borrow a little money to, to, to weather the storm. So you start to get into that fine-tuning of areas where you're, you're using your cash to the best of your ability, whether that's, okay, we built up a nice war chest, and we know we've had eight months of expenses in cash. Let's take six months and invest it. You know, make, a, make a certain investment that will yield something versus the money just sitting in the, in the bank account. But that all comes from having the past – done properly with meaning the accounting right you've you've taken care of the data you you get it to a predictable state where you know where you're going and then you're using it to predict the future right man so if you were going to try and like when you look at a business or uh, probably people come in and introduce themselves as just like hey i need some accounting or whatever and um this doesn't feel like what you would necessarily go to an accountant for right what is the like first step for you? I mean, you just kind of look at the business and say, okay, I can already kind of spot where there might be some some room for improvement. Yeah, we walk them. So I, I will give you a real world example. Yesterday, I go to, and this I think I mentioned this before. I'm at a birthday party, and somebody walks up to me, and they go, "Man, I just don't get any ideas from my accountant. I never hear from them," and and. I'm saying that is because that's normally the first place we start is saying, what do you want out of an engagement with your accountant? Because to that point, that accountant thinks you only want tax compliance, 
because that's all you've ever come to them for. But the proposals haven't been, you know, slid across the table saying, but there's all these other things we could do. So what I would say is we sit down and we're building this right now internally is what are the steps to move to us? I mean, because that's we're getting clients all the time asking, you know, kind of making those complaints. So the first thing is we sit with you and we do kind of a diagnostic test. We ask questions. Okay, what does your accounting look like? Um, in terms of your processes, the software, and the people. So who's doing it? Who, what are they doing it in? And kind of what's the what does that look like? Once we do that and we say, okay, really you need some help here, here, and here. And for us, that's, let me give a perfect example. You're invoicing on a spreadsheet. You need to get into the software. You're um, managing inventory on a spreadsheet. You need to get into the software. Okay, let's maybe this software isn't perfect. We'll, we'll connect a a an inventory app to do that really well. So kind of get your foundation set. Like we talk about these things. What are your goals? Let's, let's, let's manage the problems. Let's fix the problems. Get the foundation set. Get consistent. And then the good stuff happens. But in my experience, it all has to start from what are you trying to accomplish? And then we as accountants, especially a cloud firm, have a lot of solutions for back office. But people just, you know, like you said, a lot of times they just go to their accountant to do their tax return. And if you're in, in, and increasingly, we want, we are getting to where we don't want that kind of engagement. Not because anything wrong with the client or doing that type of work is that we're not in to get, we're not getting to do all of the things we can do to help you. And so, if we take that kind of client, it gets in the way sometimes of a client that we could really help build their back office and streamline and get them some results. Yeah, these are solutions that maybe traditionally feel like they come from IT, right? right? But they're sort of central now to cloud accounting, and they can they can really improve your your whole back office. Yeah, there's a term kind of going around this the cloud world. It's called, it's called the cloud uh, technologist account. Excuse me, accounting technologist. And I think I read recently, even in the CPA firm, they're adding a part of the focus of the CPA. I said CPA firm, CPA exam. They're even adding a portion of the CPA exam to be around technology and automation, because increasingly. Who should you go to that's going to help you make your back office, your financials, your accounting run better? It's, it should be your accountant. It shouldn't be somebody, they shouldn't be somebody that you just talk to once a year to recap what's done, tell you what you made or didn't make, and file your tax return. If that's what you're doing, you're missing out. Especially if you have a few problems worth solving, you're missing out on all of that good stuff that you could be doing with your CPA throughout the year to make your business run better. Yeah. So what would you say to this hunch, right? I'm getting the sense that like the first step is to just take inventory of like where there might be you. And I feel like as a business owner, you kind of have those hunches, right? You can yeah. feel where you know where you're, you're doing things twice or your right. data entries, you know, taking too long or whatever. You can feel those things. Um, would you say it's safe to just follow those hunches and that there's probably some sort of app <laughs> out there that can help it? Absolutely. If you, I think about this all the time. If you're doing something and you start to think, man, this feels pretty manual. Not always, but a lot. A lot of the time there's something that can solve that with tech, some software, technology, application, whatever you call it, that can jump in that process and help you. But it's like anything, you have to learn it. There's a learning curve. There's a there's a time investment on the front end. We always talk about that here in terms of leverage. We like to we tell clients now we've got enough experience with this. Hey, 
We, the beginning's going to be bumpy because you're going to be learning new software. We're going to be converting you, but man, you're going to leverage it out into perpetuity. Awesome. That's a good spot to end it. Um, yeah. Keep, stay on the lookout for more yep. podcasts. We got a lot more topics to cover. Absolutely. And um, thanks for listening. See you next time.